The New Opioid Crisis Sports Betting Hey guys, and welcome back to my podcast. Today I am going to be talking about legalized sports betting and the impact it has on individuals and drawing comparisons to the opioid crisis. The ease at which people can now place bets through online apps and sports books is leading to an explosion in gambling activity. No longer does one require an under-the-table bookie to place a bet. Now you can lose staggering amounts of money just by downloading an app. Legalization began since May 2018. Delaware became the first state to legalize it. Less than two weeks later, New Jersey followed suit. After that, less than two months, Mississippi joined the fray. Soon after, West Virginia... And now today, sports betting is legal in 33 states and Washington, D.C., and will soon be legal in four more. Six additional states are also debating about making legislation that would make it legal. An array of betting apps has sprouted to meet the new demand. Some of you may, some you may have heard of previously, such as DraftKings, WinBet, BetRivers, FanDuel, and Caesar Sportsbooks, among others. Professional sports leagues have also embraced sports betting for advertising revenue and partnerships. The NFL is by far the most popular sport for mobile gaming, gambling in the United States, following by the NBA and MLB. College football is fourth. NFL is trying to stay ahead of potential problems with increased monitoring and education while hoping stiff penalties act as a deterrent. Recent events suggest the enhanced measures were warranted. Seven NFL players and at least one assistant coach with an additional number of undisclosed team employees have been found to be violating the league's gambling policies in the past five years. If you recollect, Purdue Pharma was at the center of the opioid crisis. This gambling industry is profiting off people with an addiction the same way Purdue Pharma profited off opioids. Opioids were pushed by the drug companies and doctors relentlessly. Such is happening with gambling. Gambling is being pushed by the industry and state governments. Elected officials across the country who have welcomed legal sports gambling into their states prefer not to talk about the money bettors have lost. Instead, they focus on revenue flowing into the state. In New Jersey, where bettors have wagered, wagered nearly $35 billion. Wow, that's a huge amount. Since June 2018, the state has reeled in $309 million in revenue. In Pennsylvania, bettors have wagered $19.6 billion, generating more than $380 million in revenue. Does that mean Pennsylvania is a better gambling state than New Jersey? That I don't know. These are just statistics. In Kansas, where sports betting became legal a little over six months ago, bettors have already bet $1.1 billion, and the state has collected almost $2.7 million. New York State Senator Joseph Abado, who chairs the Senate Committee on Racing, Gaming, and Wagering, said, I just could not sit there and watch other states take our money. That bothered me. New York should be on the forefront and we could use this revenue. Per the New York State Gaming Commission, 
Once online sports betting was legalized in New York in January 22-2022, it became the number one sport for sports betting in all of the U.S. The frictionless experience is proving to be quite the appeal to consumers, with 86% of sports wagers now being placed online. Yes, you heard that correct, 86%. In addition to mobile betting, other features are enhancing the sports wagering experience, such as in-play betting while the games are going on, artificial intelligence and machine learning to increase prediction accuracy, digital sportsbooks to create predictive models of customer behavior, such as Caesar Sportsbooks, which I pre- previously mentioned, mobile applications for live streaming. All of these advancements have opened the floodgates when it comes to new investment opportunities. Between 2021 and 2022, sports betting has shown the highest growth in all commercial gaming segments, with a staggering 75% increase in revenue year on year. Roundhill Investments even offers a sports betting exchange traded fund called Bets that gives investors exposure to this industry. Gambling addiction can have severe consequences on individuals and their families. It is as dangerous as opioids. There is a lack of consensus on how to combat problem gambling. And the government spends no money on gambling addiction programs. Let's move on to some brighter sports in the world of sports. Yeah, I know, Lakers and and LeBron are now eliminated, but their series with Golden State was one for the ages. One nobody's going to forget in a hurry. With an average of 7.8 million viewers across the six games, the Lakers-Warriors semifinal matchup drew the largest audience for a second round series in 27 years. Additionally, Game 6 of the series, which was broadcasted on ESPN, was the most watched conference semifinal game since 2011, drawing an average of 8.64 million viewers and a peak of 9.295 million. The Lakers won the, ga- won the game, 122-101. Considering the slew of star players representing each team, it's not difficult to see why there was so much interest in that matchup. On one side, you got the Warriors with Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. On the other side, you got the GOAT, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. While, this, while Curry and James have squared off multiple times in the finals, an early round playoff matchup had never previously occurred, adding to the intrigue surrounding their second round Western Conference matchup. Now moving to baseball. Anytime we think of a record, the great Babe Ruth is one of the first names that comes to mind, and there's no better company than him. Recently, Shohei Otani, star player of the Los Angeles Angels, joined a prestigious club. He is now one of two players in MLB history to total 100 home runs and 500 or more strikeouts. That's crazy. Now, I know we're almost ready for the NHL Hockey Finals, but I saw one interesting piece of information on the Edmonton Oilers NHL franchise. The fans are so passionate that Edmonton has sold out every watch party when the Oilers are on the road with the player and puck tracking projected on the ice. 
The actual game is still displayed on the Jumbotron, but that is an insanely cool addition. It's estimated that over 25,000 people go to Rogers Place, inside and outside the stadium, just for the watch parties. If you can see me, I just did the mind blown action. Now, this story gets even better. The road game watch party tickets are just $5 each. Just 5 to watch a hockey game. And all the net proceeds go to the Oilers Community Foundation. Now, the way I look at it, the tickets are real cheap, and everybody loves that. But the franchise actually have a master stroke. With their concession stands open, they have actually created a revenue stream that did not exist in the past. I truly feel this will catch on in the rest of the NHL. And I'm rooting for the Panthers to win the NHL Finals. Now moving on to women's soccer. The Women's Soccer World Cup is only a few weeks away. But the National Women's Soccer League, also known as the NWSL, is in full swing. And a few weeks back, a 15-year-old, yes, you heard me right, a 15-year-old, Meline Barcenas made her professional debut for the San Diego Wave, officially making her the youngest player to make her debut in the NWSL. That's insane. Have you heard of a vegan fast food chain called Need Burger? It was co-founded by arguably the best F1 driver of all time, Lewis Hamilton. Yup, the same Lewis Hamilton you always hear in Formula 1. And recently, he opened his first ever permanent US location in New York City. There are also multiple Neat Burger locations, including 8 in London and 1 in Dubai. And neat, isn't it? I hope you understand what I did with the word neat there. Now, the next story is crazy, mind-boggling to say the least. The six-time NBA champion was once banned from a golf club for his fashion choice. Can you guess who it is? Yes, if you guess Michael Jordan, you were right. As per reports, Michael Jordan was banned from La Gorse Country Club in Miami for wearing cargo pants. The country club requires golfers to wear a collared shirt and Bermuda shorts while playing. So what does he do? Yup, you guessed it. Spent north of $20 million to design and build a golf course called Grove 23 that caters fully to MJ's own golfing strengths. Just like basketball, golf is in MJ's jeans. And Grove 23 is modeled in a double helix, the shape of DNA. Ricky Fowler, a pro golfer on the PGA Tour, mentioned this in an interview, how MJ's course is gold and is engineered towards MJ's strengths, and even professional golfers like him have trouble beating MJ on the course. Ricky even named the course Slaughterhouse 23. The club is so private, it only has 100 members. Even Phil Mickelson was waitlisted. Finally, staying on the topic of golf, we have all seen on TV during a golf tournament when a golfer hits a ball, there is a colored line on TV that shows us the trajectory of the golf ball. That is PGA's Tour Shotling technology. For more than 20 years, the PGA Tour has utilized Shotlink, which requires a staff of 350 volunteers per week. Now, why am I telling this to you? 
The Women's Golf Tour does not have this technology. But starting July 6th, when the U.S. Women Women's Open tees off at Pebble Beach Golf Links, it will be the first time shot link data will be accessible at a professional women's golf tournament. Now, fans and media will have the same data at their disposal for the best female players in the world at a renowned major championship venue some 20 years after the PGA Tour had been using it on the men's tour. What a shame. But anyways, this is all for now. See you in a couple weeks.